0: I'm Daniel Giacopelli, it's the 25th of May, and this is The Courier Daily. We've been talking with small business owners every day to find out how they're coping and adapting to the crisis. Well, today we're focusing on the restaurant industry, and what glimmers of hope there are for those restaurant owners thinking of their next steps. Here in London, Paul Noble is founder of Spiritland and Happy Face. For those who listen to Courier's workshop podcast, you'll know we actually recorded both seasons of the show at Spiritland, At its heart, it's a place to enjoy great music. DJs spin their favorite records, which play on some of the world's nicest speakers, but it's also a great restaurant and a cafe, along with audio recording studios attached as well. Paul runs two locations of Spiritland, one in King's Cross and one at Royal Festival Hall, plus a high-end headphone store in central London. Happy Face is Paul's newer pizzeria, just around the corner from Spiritland. Super big place, lots of light, lots of Italians, and lots of fun. Besides takeaway and delivery for Happy Face, everything right now that Paul is running is closed. Well, with the new government guidelines here in the UK saying that the earliest things can open is early July, I thought we'd catch up with Paul to find out what his plan is and what's going through his mind.
1: About six weeks in, we felt the time was right to open up and do deliveries. So we've got two chefs in the kitchen, two people on the floor, and we're doing all the fulfilment Via Deliveroo, and then we're also doing a call and collect so people can give us a ring, put in their order. It's still at restaurant prices, which are pretty reasonable because that avoids the Deliveroo surcharge. And yeah, we're doing pizza, pasta, cocktails, beers. And pizza is one of those things you can't really make a good one at home unless you've got a pizza oven which can hit 500 degrees in your back garden. So, you know, mainly it's for the locals in King's Cross and North London, and they're just delighted to see a bit of life it is an exercise in generating neighborly goodwill as well as creating some turnover
0: you listed uh, goodwill first rather than money is it mostly uh, you're doing this to do it or you're not doing this to save the place
1: no i mean we're you know it gets us out of the house it keeps us in people's minds it makes a lot of people in the area very happy if there was a proper neapolitan pizza restaurant opened up around the corner to me i'd be absolutely thrilled i'd probably eat as much pizza as i am already you know the feedback we're getting is people like "Ah, oh, brilliant you're open and we've missed you and people want to feel normal and they want to feel like life is coming back rather than this the, the kind of endless shutdown state we've been in
0: what is the state then of of the collective kind of empire as it will i mean because you have happy face and you have two locations of spirit land and you have other things going on as well obviously
1: Yeah, so Spiritland, we've got three venues in London. We've got the original King's Cross site, which is a cafe bar and a radio studio. We've got the shop in Mayfair, which is a tiny little headphone and personal audio shop. And then we've got the big flagship site, which is at the Royal Festival Hall, which is a bar restaurant, you know, 130 seats, 80 seats outside, it's a a whopper. Each of those faces different kind of questions and approaches in this era at every level you know King's Cross is likely to be the first to reopen we've had tons of support from the landlords there it's been going for over three years so it's got a strong local following and we've also got a radio studio there which as you know all these trends that were kind of trickling along have now been accelerated and podcasts are one of them and lots of people have realized you can do it at home with some okay equipment or you can go back to the studio and do the big Roundtable podcasts. We've totally rejigged our studio. So we're able to record four people in quality around the table, two meters apart, plexiglass screens, socially distanced. The producer is off in another area. Everyone can communicate with each other and there's video feedback. And we've sort of taken the leap quite early to just kind of get ahead of it and set up our studio. You know, we really look forward to getting back to the Spiritland mission at King's Cross, which is this sort of indulgent journey of discovery into music. Incredible equipment, DJs who know what they're doing, this kind of deep listening experience paired with food and drink and music. And as much as everyone feels that, you can pivot everything to online. The Spiritland experience, ultimately, if it's coming out of your laptop speakers, it's not going to be that fulfilling. And, you know, we still think that despite what we're going through now, there is this deep human urge to hear music, eat, drink, socialise, meet people, flirt, dance. It's baked into our DNA.
0: Yeah, I mean, part of what Spiritland does so well is that, unfortunately, it's not tailor-made for a pandemic, right? Whereas a pizzeria, you can still throw pizzas at the door and deliver it. 75% of what you guys do is that intimate kind of experience of being in the physical place.
1: Yeah, it's about the entire experience. So, like everyone, we are forced to be inventive and creative with you know, we've got a number of different spaces and different offerings. So some elements can be ramped up and some can be put on hold for a while. And obviously we need to do what we do safely. We don't want to be the cavalier ones going, it's fine, everyone, you know, get back in the water and pushing, getting people into an intimate space as we were before, before the time is right. We're very conscious of that for our staff, for our customers, you know, from a a sort of PR angle, you don't want to just take the wrong swerve and be the ones on the outside. But yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. We're lucky to have Happy Face Pizza as part of the group, because pizza can kind of very quickly be pivoted to takeaway. And you've seen takeaways going through the roof.
0: It's the easiest thing to take away. I mean, I've been eating out quite a lot. By eating out, I mean takeaways. In the past couple months, some stuff is just not built for takeaway. Some stuff arrives really shoddily packed, cold. I mean, pizza, though, is consistently usually pretty good.
1: And you can heat it up and you're kind of back to where you were. I really feel for some of these fine dining restaurants and these kind of chef-led operations where it's all about how the food comes out, what it's served on, the environment. It just doesn't translate to takeaway.
0: I mean, last week on the show, we were talking with Dan Frommer about Noma reopening as a wine bar and a cheeseburger venue, an outdoor wine bar and cheeseburger venue. And I've seen photos of it on Twitter and everything. It looks pretty, you know, it's super casual. They've pivoted, obviously, temporarily from fine dining to cheeseburgers and wine just because they can, I guess. Not everybody can do that. When you're looking forward into the future, right now, it seems like restaurants in London and the UK are are slated for reopening at the minimum on the 4th of July and possibly before then for those restaurants who can set up outside on the patio or like on the street or whatever. What are you guys thinking as a timeline?
1: You know, like everyone else, early July is mooted. We are very interested in what we can do outdoors, partly because of the, the sort of research into how COVID spreads outdoors and partly just it feels like people are more comfortable sitting outside eating and drinking. If the weather's with us, we've got, you know, a sort of three or four month window of opportunity to get back on our feet. So then it becomes, you know, more of a takeaway or a pickup or, you know, it comes over to your table. We're also looking at different systems of delivery. So you can order from your table, you can order from your phone. There's a bit less interaction with our floor team and they're more like runners rather than
0: coming over and taking your order. Is this at Spiritland and Happy Face? This is a Happy
1: Face. Spiritland, will see. I mean, it's really hard. You know, we have our meetings and we're trying to sort of divine the future. And I mean, would you feel more comforted going to a restaurant and seeing a team in masks and gloves or seeing a team without masks and gloves, but knowing that there's loads of cleaning and washing and wiping going on behind the scenes? I don't know. I just don't know. You know, when you see people, you, I see these shots of like places in New York opening up with plexiglass screens
0: it's so bizarre and dystopian I mean for me personally I'd rather go to a restaurant where I was far away from other people so I was with my own group you know whatever two three people in my family or who I live with or whatever post-vaccine people who I trust and know who have had the vaccine but just sitting far away from someone else not necessarily in this kind of wrapped up plexiglass masked environment I'll just stay home if it's going to be like that but if I know I'm going to be meters away from someone else then maybe I'll do it
1: everyone's trying out whatever they can. And I can't be negative about people trying out things. The joy of a restaurant, it's the entire experience. It's the room, it's the staff, it's, you know, the food and drink is a part of it, but it's not the entire story. How we sort of reframe our restaurant experiences. And we hear a lot of people saying it's two years, like you need to hold on for two years and then we'll be back to normal.
0: I mean, who on the planet has enough cash to hold on for two years?
1: I mean, and when you see, you know, some of the bigger restaurant groups in London sending out emails saying, Buy your meal, pick it up later, put some money in the bank just to keep our staff going. What, gift cards? Yeah, gift cards and that sort of buy now, eat later. It's really bleak. As we know, restaurant and hospitality, the margins are tiny. The answer is I don't know.
0: Is part of it then, you know, on one hand, you have come July 4th, when potentially restaurants in the UK can reopen, part of the fear is that just people won't turn up and that, you know, the demand just won't be there for a long, long, long time because. If you're allowed to reopen, you're going to have probably some restaurants who are just like, screw it, I'm open now. Come get it if you want it. Obviously, you'll have a spectrum of irresponsible to responsible. I wonder if that's a linear kind of thing with I can make more money if I'm slightly more irresponsible. Where do you fall on that kind of like matrix of responsibility and profit making?
1: I mean, we're not looking to bend rules. You know, what we don't want to do is open up and try and squeeze around the rules and squeeze people in and do things prohibition style so yeah we'll follow advice and do it as safely as we can
0: so then is demand the more worrying thing that people just won't be ready to be shoulder to shoulder
1: i don't know i mean you, i look around and you can see who's coming out and it's the young people and young i mean like 16 to sort of 40 it's like they're out
0: you go to any of the parks in london people our parents age are staying in 20 and 30 somethings around i mean I, I was walking past a park today I posted on facebook the other day this article from mel magazine where it's like america has officially entered the fuck it mode americans have decided we just we want to go out coronavirus is over and they're going out you look at parks everybody's out whether that'll translate to a restaurant environment
1: yes for example in king's cross and at south bank central as well there's lots of outdoor space so you could sell food and drink you could have some pretty wide open areas where people can sit and eat them you can have staff going around cleaning the table you could have disposable cutlery and takeaway you know materials it's such an odd time for the industry you've obviously got you know certain flagship leaders who are putting the case forward very strongly to government saying you bailed out the banks you're not going to let the airlines go down hospitality is not some niche side interests it's at the heart of our communities it employs millions and millions of people like all of these things it all kind of comes back to property if you Are paying rent and that rent is fixed, and it's illegal to open, or it's illegal to leave the house, or you can't have more than 30% capacity. It's just the figures don't work. So, if a site closes, who is about to open up a bar and restaurant at
0: this time? Very, very few people. No one's itching to jump on a new site. So, what's a solution when you wake up every day and you talk to your partners? Is it just like a day to day, like, First you commiserate and say, everything's screwed. And then you say, what do we do week by week? You know, what what kind of inkling of information comes out of 10 Downing Street that might help us?
1: Yeah, it's that. And it's also just a sort of gauging the mood and the vibe. This weekend, it's certainly in a London, you know, the figures are actually quite low and it's looking quite good. And people are, you can see how busy the streets are. It's not like it was last week. It's not like it was last month. We just need to be as reactive and responsive as possible. I mean, the other thing I I wanted to kind of touch on is like our staff and our teams, which is, for us, that's been the most really painful, heart-rending bit of this, apart from having to, you know, shut our sights. You know, the majority of our teams are young people, casual workers. They're from Eastern Europe. They're from South America. They don't have massive funds. They don't have houses in the suburbs with gardens. You know, they're here to work. And if they can't work, you know, what can they do And they can't get home? trying to look after as many of them as possible and also knowing that when we open there's not going to be jobs for everyone.
0: Yeah it's a really big catch-22 kind of thing right a lot of these young European workers are furloughed or laid off but then again they can't necessarily travel back home where they're from because there's no open borders in a lot of these places so you have people who are stuck here with no money and I imagine that's happening all across Europe really but certainly all across the UK. Yeah so
1: that's been really the most painful bit of this is having to tell our staff we don't know when we'll open and you know similarly we don't know if there's going to be jobs for you i mean you know i'm on the floor at happy face because that's just how it goes you know how long the furlough will last and whether it gets decreased over time you know these are all pressing
0: questions you guys for delivery held out for a little bit too for happy face right you didn't jump immediately on the bandwagon of delivery right
1: we didn't really fancy that experience of having coming to a restaurant and having a load of delivery drivers hanging around in their helmets waiting to pick up orders and the guests seeing pizzas going out before they got theirs and that whole experience we didn't really fancy. So
0: pre-pandemic there was no delivery at all.
1: No. We did take away, you could pick it up and take it, but no, we didn't do any delivery. And then we looked at Deliveroo and Uber Eats and the other kind of systems and delivery obviously leading the charge. So we've gone with them. It works pretty well. It's all about your rankings there. So when people, I mean, it's re- it's been really interesting for me to sort of see behind the scenes of like, ah, this is how it works. And you can, if you suddenly get slammed, you can go to busy mode where you don't take orders for 15 minutes or half an hour. So yeah, and what we do when we open up, we have got two doors to the restaurants. So we're going to do an in and out and Probably one of the the second door will be for the delivery drivers. So people coming to eat aren't sort of, there's not a bunch of guys standing there with their helmets on waiting for their number to come up. It's all going that way. And from Spiritland, similarly, we are developing cocktails to go because we are known for our cocktails. So, you know, a mix of classics and then the kind of Spiritland house cocktails. So it's the stuff you can't make at home with the more interesting ingredients and just the made by cocktail makers know what they're doing and then you know getting the packaging right and whether it's we add our playlist with certain cocktails or you know how we can bring a spiritland touch into that is the challenge now
0: before covid spiritland was on like a rocket ship right i mean you had a number of locations you bought this giant bus and turned it into a mobile studio you were fielding offers from all over the world i'm sure from people who wanted to bring spiritland around the world Is that still kind of the angle if you could just make it through the next year? And, you know, let's assume demand goes back to somewhat normal in a year. Is it just surviving for the next 12, 18 months and then, okay, we're back onto the trajectory?
1: Yeah, what we want to do has not changed. We still are kind of ambitious and hungry and feel like we've got something unique story to tell. Obviously everything's being derailed by the pandemic, but, you know, we still think there's these fundamental desires to sort of hear and explore and celebrate music and all the stuff we're doing so yeah we kind of want to get back on our mission and do what we love and it's been three and a half years we've built a community we've built a group of music lovers and cultural
0: enthusiasts because what you've got with spirit land isn't just and i'm not you know blowing smoke up your ass but it's not just like a random you know chicken shop or like pizzeria you know it's like an actual Unique thing, right? It's like a lifestyle brand. It's a venue. You have a headphone bar. It's a brand that goes beyond just food, which is why I think you could probably survive some of the other guys who are just, just, you know, air quotes, food.
1: Yes, and also, you know, the plus side, and it sounds mercenary because it's kind of built on other people's misfortune. But there's going to be a load of sites coming up in London, in Europe, all abroad. You know, amazing places which people just won't be able to make work. So whether if we're positioned to find a great site, wherever that is, we hope to be ready and kind of carry on with what we're doing. Who would have seen any of this coming? And everyone's reacting to it differently.
0: Anything else you've learned in the past couple months in terms of whether it's literally managing finances or making it through day by day without going insane? I mean, you're flipping pizzas now, you're working from home, you have a family... <laughs>
1: The really fun thing about, you know, what we're doing in the in Happy Face is obviously before we had this kind of, you know, quite a tight music policy which was like italo, funk, disco, up tempo, R and B, you know, like quite poppy, quite high energy. Now we've gone for this like Austin two in the morning stoner pizza vibe and we're playing like the cars and television and drum and bass and sit over down and the music has gone so off piste it's hilarious because there's only four of us you know you're never going to play that when there's like a room full of people on a Friday night and yeah you know personally you know I'm having a similar experience to lots of people where I've got a little one I was not spending loads of time I was kind of saying goodbye in the morning and then back after bedtime and now it's like all day all night all weekend you know it's a really sort of precious time so just trying to Soak that all in, because it will get back to the level we were at before, I think.
0: In some of these places around the world that have already reopened and are have had extremely low infection rates, This some places in Asia, too. I mean, why not open a small spirit land in one of those places? Just forget about London. Just <laughs> go to uh, go to Bangkok or go to Seoul.
1: There's a few things which I'm really, like, hankering for. One is to go to the cinema. One is to get on a plane and go to anywhere in Asia, pretty much. And what is to eat a full-on Turkish grill?
0: You could do that in London, my friend. You could do that in London.
1: I can, but for takeaway, I want to sit in. I want to come out smelling
0: of smoke. And that's it for today. If you liked what you heard, I'd love if you could subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And also sign up to Courier Weekly, our weekly email newsletter, for more stories of adapting and growing. That's at couriermedia.co slash sign up. I'm Daniel Giacopelli. Courier Daily is back again tomorrow.